You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 348 with Linda Magoon. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Well, hello, you guys. I am super excited to bring you Linda Magoon today. Um, this is, you know, an inspiring episode that we're going to have. Um, it's all about never feeling like you're too old to do something. Um, Linda's situation may not be what your situation is. So I want you to put the lenses on of listening to her, take the chance, take the risk, even when it feels scary, even when she felt older, that she could still do it and apply that to whatever is mulling around in your mind. And you know what that is. You, you do. You might have not said it to anybody. You might have not said it out loud, but there's something there that you're like, what if I did this? Whatever it is. And you're like, oh, I'm too old now, or I don't know, I'm a mom and I need to, you know, focus on the kids or whatever it may be. Take the time to listen to her story and apply it to your life, even if it doesn't look the exact same. I've said this many times before. Um, with being a coach, I am part of many coaching calls where I hear other people being coached and they may be talking about a problem that I do not have a problem with, but I will apply that to something that I struggle with and learn from that. And I tell you, it is such an amazing skill to be able to do that because you will get so much more wisdom by doing that. And I think a lot of people can't do that. Like they can't open their minds and think like, like for example, if someone was talking about having a drinking problem or they're trying to cut back on drinking and social drinking, and then they're trying to lose weight on top of that. And they're like, Oh, but I love drinking. Okay. That's not my issue. Like I, I, I don't even care about alcohol. But if I applied that to whatever my issue was, especially when I was trying to lose weight, if it be cupcakes, bread, like I love carbs, I love bakery items, okay? Where somebody who's who might love wine may not even care about carbs. They are like, I will skip the carbs to have my glass of wine, right? I can listen to those calls and apply that to what I struggle with. And that's what I'm talking about here. So I just really want to encourage you guys to start, you know, having that skill, honing that skill to be able to listen to other people's struggles and stories and journeys and be able to apply that to your life and whatever is happening for you. And then how can you turn that around and how can you apply what you learned to that so that it moves you forward? So I hope you guys really enjoyed this show and that it inspires you and encourages you to take that step. All right, let's go to the show. Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Amber. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. So Linda, I like to ask an icebreaker to start off the show. I always love to live, leave my listeners a little bit more inspired. Um, and the question is, what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? I wish I could tell my younger self that it's okay to reach out to friends and family to ask for help and let them know that you're struggling and not suffer in silence. Mm. How long would you say that you kind of probably experienced that, that, and we'll dive into your story a little bit more, um, in a minute, but how long do you feel like you kind of kept silent and, and suffered on your own? 
Well, I'm a slow learner. I don't like to make the same mistake twice. I like to make it, you know, 10, 11, 12 <laughs> times before I learn from it. Okay. But let's just say uh, it was years, even mm. even decades. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is really good to know. And I think, I think it is. It's hard, especially for moms to kind of like reach out. You don't want to burden people. You don't want to, you know, weigh people down with your problems. And so I think that's a really good thing to say to, to, to give women permission, um, to reach out that, um, I was going to say without giving away everything we're going to talk about when you finally kind of told your friends and family, did they say, Oh my gosh, like, I wish we would have known sooner. Is that kind of like what you found? I did. I found that they were very supportive. Mm. Uh, once I, once I came out of the closet, so to sure, speak. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's jump into it, because I'm sure people are dying to know, like, what that story is. Um, How about you tell us your whole name, where you live, and how many kids you have? Sure. My name is Linda Magoon, and I'm coming to you from the beautiful state of Warner, New Hampshire. Mm. And I have one daughter. Uh, She's grown, so Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the geriatric version of (laughs) the Mom Inspired show. No, 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 no. And uh, (laughs) I just became a a grandmother uh, a week ago. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah, that's great. No, it's, it's so great to have, I feel like, older women because we need both. It's like, um, you know, you need, it's like, sometimes you need younger people because they kind of know different things that you're, you're like, oh, you know, you might be stubborn to learn because you're like, oh no, forget it. And they're like, no, no, no. Like let's, let's learn these things. And then, you know, women that are ahead of you and, you know, can reach back and give you the wisdom that they've learned. Kind of like what you just said about what would you tell your younger self? So I feel like, and then it's awesome to have people that are in the same boat as you so that you can relate to them and, and feel connected and not alone. Um, so no, I think it's great that, that you're a little bit older. Um, okay. So Linda, how about you just jump in and then just share with us how you got to where you are today. And then we'll, we'll dive into more details from your story. Sure. So I grew up in a uh, household where both sides of my family were from hardy uh, Polish stock. And I got married, oh, I would say in my early 20s to a man who was uh, very attentive and very doting on me. And it wasn't long after we were married when I began to experience the feeling that he was isolating me from my friends and family. You know, he, it's, it's nice to be newly married and want to do things together. But I also felt that I wasn't being quote unquote allowed to spend time with my friends or my family or have any alone time. It, uh, it was, you know, I think someone said to me, gee, you know, you probably knew this instinctively while you were dating, but you chose to ignore it. And I think that's the case. I think, you know, I was, I was young, I was an inexperienced, not, not very um, experienced in, in relationships. And I thought it was fantastic that somebody was finally paying attention to me, but I didn't realize that this was the start of a, a relationship that some would describe as abusive unhealthy, toxic, but that was, you know, that was the, that was the path I chose. That was the man I married. And, you know, I grew up in a household where it was till death do you part. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that's what I uh, endured for over 20 years. Wow. Uh, somebody who was very jealous, mm. very insecure. I felt like I was walking on eggshells all the time. And after a while, it becomes your your sense of it becomes your normal. So you don't realize how abnormal it is. Right. Yep. It's like it's like walking into a room and the light bulb was broken and, you know, you should fix it. But after a while, you just you, you get just accustomed to it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what that's what uh, that's what happened. If I wanted to do something, if I wanted to go out, I made sure to pick a time where I thought he was in a good mood and I had to be very strategic about it. Uh, if it was the wrong time and he got angry, then sometimes he wouldn't talk to me for days. Uh, you know, he would just sulk. I think in retrospect, he was a bit of a narcissist. It always had to be about him. Yeah. Uh, but when, you know, we have a daughter and I didn't come first, you know, who, who comes right. first? It's yeah. always, right. it's always your kids. It's always your husband. So you're always putting yourself last. Right. And so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't physical with, with us, but it doesn't have to be right. Right. Yeah. And so this went on, my daughter, uh, she graduated from high school, went on to college and, and moved out and never came back. So this mm -hmm. is, so we're still married at this time. And, you know, one night I asked him to take out our little cocker spaniel. I never would have asked him to do this except that I was just exhausted. And the response he gave me was so vulgar and so angry mm. that even I knew that this was unacceptable. Mm, mm -hmm. And yeah. that was the point that was, that was like, okay, this, this is, you know, cause you're always thinking, what did I do wrong? You know, what right, right. was, you know, what did I do to make him mad? And you're always trying to replay in your mind how to avoid that for next time. So I contacted my, uh, where I work, they have a like a quite like an employee assistance program. So I met with a counselor, and you know I took this I took this quiz online called um, "Is Your Relationship Healthy?" and I think it was on the website loversrespect.org. Mm. And I, I, I think if you scored five, then your relationship was abusive, and I scored forty five. And I oh, thought that wow. can't be right. I'll 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 take it again, and I'll even throw some questions. Yeah. And I came up with twenty five. No matter how how much I took the test, wow. I I I couldn't I couldn't pass it, or we couldn't pass it. Right. You know things like insecurity, jealousy. Uh, does he does he keep you know track? Is he constantly calling? Yes, yes, yes. Is he supportive? No. Uh, all of these things. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I just, um, you know, once once I took that first step mm -hmm. and actually told somebody that that was the first time I had told someone wow. in 20 years. Wow. I kept it from my friends, yeah. kept it from my family. Nobody knew. And so, you know, once I took that first step and actually called and talked to somebody about it, yeah. uh, the crisis counselor then referred me to a therapist. And then once I started that, yeah, 
then there was no going back. I, it, mm. it just took one small step, sure. Amber. That's all you need to do is just reach out, just make one call, and it just started. And it just started a a sequence of events where I uh, f- told him I was filing t- for divorce. I did. I moved out, and I started my life over. And I was about 54 at the time. So it's never too late to start over and to start a new life for yourself, for sure. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, that's why I'm excited for you to come on, even though we're going to talk about hiking and all that kind of stuff, too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, were you scared to kind of tell him that you were filing for divorce? I would imagine you might be with him being emotionally abusive. Yes. Yeah, so I had a safety plan in place. Mm. Uh, so we, you know, we I discussed that uh, with some friends about what that would look like. And we talked about whether or not, uh, you know, what that would look like. And the night that he, that he uh, blew up on me, that's when I told him I was filing for divorce. And I just, I, I, I never went back on my word. So did you guys stay in the same house or when you filed, did you move out? We, well, since that night, he was sleeping in another part of the house. Oh, already. And so, um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't move out that I night. See. I mm-hmm. moved out, I would say like a, a couple months later. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you feel like you kind of stayed for a long time because your daughter was still there in the house? You know, I think that's one thing I want to emphasize to your listeners, Amber, is that I think part of the rationale for staying is for your children, right? And in retrospect, you know, what was I modeling? She was watching somebody that that um, wasn't being nice to her mother. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of you know, what kind of modeling is that? Right. Yeah. So in my mind, I was thinking, well, we'll stay together for the kids. Uh, but yep. in, you know, if I could tell my younger self, mm-hmm. same thing, it's like, sure. you know, do you want the same relationship I had, you know, that for my daughter? And the answer is no. And and I'm happy to report that she, she doesn't, she's married to a wonderful man. Oh, and thank awesome. goodness that, um, you know, she's able to recognize that. Yeah. That's, that's great. Like that she didn't repeat that pattern. Yeah. Right. So, because I'm sure that right. would have been something right. that you might've felt guilty about. Right. Like if, if right. she saw that so, and then uh, picked the same person. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that she, she recognized somebody who wasn't treating her mom mm. uh, the way she deserved to be treated. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So as you, you know, you're going on this journey and stuff like that. Right. And, um, I'd love for you to kind of share with us, um, what was your passion that you reconnected with? And like, what kind of made you think about going back to that? Like, you know, I I would love Mm. to hear that, that story. Sure. So we're just going to step back in time to uh, 1999. Mm. And I wanted to usher in the new century Mm. by hiking a fairly, yeah, by hiking a fairly, big mountain here in the Northeast, Mount Washington. And it's known for the worst weather in the world. There's all sorts oh. of uh, horror stories written about it and, you know, tragic stories about people perishing up there. And wow. it's very popular. There's a there's a train that goes up there. There's oh. an auto road that goes to the summit, but I wanted to hike it. Mm. And I did. 
but it came at a very high price for me. It was one of those instances where my, when I told uh, my then husband, he slept on the couch for a week. It was what was supposed to be this dream of mine was, was a nightmare. So I pretty much gave up hiking Mm. uh, for the next 20 years or so. And then once I got divorced and I was out on my own, I thought, Mm -hmm. gee, I can, I can go hiking again. Mm. So I, 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 you know, I dug up my old backpack that was oh. like, you know, this moldy, you know, mm-hmm. it, it should have been in an antique store or in a <laughs> museum or something like that and dug out this old hiking stick I had and thought, you know what? I have the time. I have the energy. I don't have to ask anybody for permission. I don't have to tell anybody when I'm going to be home. I can just do what I want now. Yeah. It was very liberating. So I went out and I and I hiked a mountain in, in New Hampshire called Mount Musilock. And it was beautiful. It was it was like a sound of music moment when I'm, you know, strutting across <laughs> yeah. the, the hills, you know, like Julie yeah. Andrews, you know, twirling and singing. It was just amazing. And I came home and I just felt so good. I did something physical that I'm sure your readers know that when you get out and exercise, even a, even a walk around the block, mm-hmm. it, it just makes you feel so much better emotionally yeah. and mentally. I, I just can't get enough of that mental health benefit of, of getting out. Mm. And I thought, gee, you know, I was flipping through my guidebook and there's, there's 47 more mountains in New Hampshire wow. that I can hike. And yeah. if I complete this list, I get a patch and I get a certificate oh. and belong to a club. And I thought, cool. oh boy, this is going to be great. <laughs> so I naively decided that that was going to be my goal. That mm. is so cool. I love it. So let me back up for a second. Okay. So you, like, you realize the good things. So what, before we dive into like all the benefits of, you know, getting out in nature and doing all of that, mm-hmm. um, what was hard about leaving, especially being married for so long, even though he was abusive or, or was it like just so freeing? It didn't matter. Like I would imagine like, cause you know, it's like, you're having to split everything up. You now are living on half of what you had or whatever. I know you said you worked so that I think that helps, but, um, what was maybe the biggest challenges of leaving, even though you knew it was better for you to leave? Was there something that kind of stands out to you? Yes. And the biggest challenge for me was telling people Mm. and asking for help, asking for help moving, uh, asking for support, explaining why I hadn't been in communication with this person for so long, Mm. you know, telling my mom, telling my daughter, uh, that was, that was difficult. Yes. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, telling people at work who, who knew him. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Who knew of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that for me was extremely difficult. I was fortunate to be working full time. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, even though you're correct, it, it, it really burned me to start paying rent and, and, mm. you know, starting over, yes. but it was also, it was kind of exciting in a way too, because mm. now I could, oh, I could pick out the dishes I wanted from, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, and all oh, I, I can pick out linens and, and kind of, it was, it was freeing in a way, yeah. but, uh, but it, yes, it was difficult. And there's, you know, I think you went, you go through the grief process where you're sad and, and yeah. angry and, you know, what could I have done more? Different, yeah, or, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, ultimately, um, ultimately 
once once I started, once I made that decision and took that first step, it happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. And like all bullies, he uh, once I once I called him on his behavior, then he became very sullen and and didn't fight me. Oh, uh, the course was actually very straightforward. Interesting. Yeah. Is that common? Like when somebody is like that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on the person. Mm. Uh, Wait, so wait, are you surprised that, that he it, wasn't like fighting for everything and making everything challenging? Were you surprised? You know, I don't, I didn't know what to expect, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, because I had never pushed back or yelled mm-hmm. back or, you know, I, I think, I don't know if you <laughs> might've been surprised, like, you know, like what, what is this? Maybe he didn't think I was going to go through with it, but I did. And I wasn't, you know, once I started, uh, once I filed, you know, I got the attorney, he didn't, you know, I, I, you know, we, we reached a settlement that I pretty much constructed. Uh, but he, mm. yeah, he, he wasn't, like I said, you know, just, just a bully. And once yeah. you, once you confront a bully mm. and, and fight back, then, uh, you know, he became, uh, you know, he might've been, been depressed as well. Sure. I don't sure. know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, sure. with people, because yeah. I have a lot of uh, women that have younger kids and I know you're saying that you, you wish you wouldn't have modeled staying. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously you can't go back in time. But like kind of knowing what you know now, do you feel like you would have taken that chance to still get divorced even if your daughter was younger and and that would have been like meaning a split stay, you still have to see him, all this kind of stuff? Or do you feel like you would see yourself just staying still because it it does make it so much more complicated when a, a child is younger? Yeah, that's a great question, Amber. I did consider divorce when our daughter was under 18, a minor. Sure. And I just looked at the the paperwork and, Mm. and to be honest, the whole thing was so overwhelming. I just couldn't do it. I just, uh, I just, uh, it was just, Mm. you know, sometimes the devil, you know, right. Right. And, uh, you know, hats off to people who, to those folks out there who actually, do that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. And I didn't, and also I didn't have the, the skill mm-hmm. or I didn't have a, the support. Maybe that's what I'm looking yeah. for. I didn't yeah. have the support. I didn't tell somebody like, sure. you know, I, I want to file for divorce and, and have somebody walk me through it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. Have, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I kept you, like I said, I suffered yeah, in silence. Right, right, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you kind of had that support, and you might have felt like you could have done it or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's fast forward. You're you're feeling free. You live in. You're you find a new place. You can buy your stuff. Um. You know. You're now realizing. Um. How are you gonna cope? Right. With all of this trauma and help with like whatever feelings that are coming up, even though it was a good thing. I mean, it's still something, especially when you've been married that long, you know, I'm sure there's disappointment. This is not what you thought. You feel like you might've failed. You, you know, you don't get married to get divorced, right? All these things that come up, um, even though you're like, no, this was healthy for me to go, um, and, and leave all these feelings, you know, um, the, the grieving process of it all, um, you know, is this what made you then realize, like, I, I want to take up hiking um, and start doing that? Did you feel like this was the, a healthy way for you to cope? I think so. I, I mean, one of the 
I think one of the things that got me out of bed in the morning was to have this new goal. And this new goal was to hike all of the 48 peaks, uh, 4,000 feet and higher in New Hampshire. And it's kind of a thing like hiking the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail or the Mm -hmm. Continental Divide. Hiking the 4,000 footers is is a thing. And so it got me up in the morning and it got me focused on on something that I was just out of reach. I, I wasn't an experienced hiker. I didn't have a lot of high summit experience. I didn't have all the gear. I wasn't exactly sure what I was doing, but I, I thought I could do it. And it's when you get out to the edges of your comfort zone where growth happens, right? Where where you you start to experience life and you start to feel like you're living again. And so that's in part why I took up this goal of, mm. of hiking these peaks. And I made mistakes. I, I wore the wrong clothes. And, oh, man. You know, I looked like Elmer <laughs> Fudd out in the woods with my orange cap and, you know, uh, just wore all the wrong things. And, you know, people gave me funny looks. And uh, But I never got hurt. I never, you know, I, I managed my risk. I, I took workshops and mm. educated myself. I yeah. started hiking with coworkers, which was oh, huge fine. for me to, yeah. you know, finally I'm getting out and hiking with other people. I did a lot of them solo, but I did a lot of them mm-hmm. with uh, other folks as well. And that was fun too. And I just, it, it took three years, but mm. uh, I, I, I did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So like within, uh, let's see, I, I get divorced in June and six months later, I saw an ad for a, uh, a workshop mm. and it was called be the best you. Okay. And this, the workshop was conducted by a life coach. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, it yeah. was okay to, to want and the oh, universe yeah. wanted yeah. what I wanted. Mm. And this was kind of mind blowing for me. The, yeah. the law of attraction, you know, what you think about, you bring about, yeah. uh, you know, action is rewarded. Just take, you know, mm. you don't have to figure out the how, just figure out the what yeah. and creating a vision board. And that. that was absolutely life changing for me. That absolutely awesome. life changing. And that was yeah. the, also the first time I, I, declare to the class that I wanted to hike these oh. 48 peaks and, and write a book about it to inspire others. That, I mean, yeah, that's amazing. So how long have you been divorced now? Uh, since 2016. So that's okay. seven years. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And um, so with like your hiking and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, I, I think you you were saying, you know, just getting outside and, and whatnot. Now, you live where it gets really cold in the winter. So what did you, well, it's not like you're like, I live in San Diego and it's amazing all year round. So I'm curious, like, what did that look like for you when it was really cold? Did you hike when it was cold or did you only really do it when it was warmer? No, I hiked when it was really cold. I hiked mm. in the winter time. Mm. I asked again, asking coworkers some tips about hiking and mm. they were like, yeah, you can do it. You know, just, just bring some extra gear, uh, pick a nice day, you know, don't, don't go when it's 30 below and there's a storm coming. Right. right. So I also took a, uh, an outdoor survival class for oh, women. So smart. Yeah. yeah. That was helpful too. And I learned about what the, you know, I learned that I wasn't carrying nearly enough gear. 
all the proper gear. So I learned that. And, you know, the difference between winter and summer hiking is that in winter, there's far less margin of error. Mm. The the daylight is much shorter. Yeah. Uh, There's, you know, there's a difference between carrying water in the summer and then carrying a block of frozen Uh, ice in the winter. Right. So you have to, you know, you have to manage your, your fluids and mm. drink just as much. Uh, so there's, you know, you, the, your pack is so much heavier because you're carrying a bigger emergency oh, sure. shelter. You're yeah. cla- carrying warmer clothes. So it's it's longer, it's slower, but it's also less crowded too. Yeah, no that's true. Mm. Uh, and, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, you see a part of the state that very few people get to see. And I that bet. was a privilege. You know, I was doing yeah. this in mid-50s, you know. Yeah. I mean, people half my age running up and down these mountains, but I just, you know, just one step at a time. And that's, that's, that was my attitude. Mm. Um, what is your goal next? Like, what are you thinking about for the future? Gosh, you know, I'm still h- hiking, uh, some smaller peaks here in New Hampshire. Uh, there's another list called 52 with a view and um, those are those are hikes where you get a big bang for your buck. You know, mm. it's the hike the hike to view ratio is is uh, is excellent, so you don't oh, have to go far awesome. to get a, to get yeah, a view. Yeah, that's cool. That's my kind yeah. of hiking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And my uh, next goal is uh, in September. I'm training to uh, ride my bicycle 50, 50 miles for a, a cancer fundraiser. Wow. So that's that's what I'm just starting to concentrate on now. So what made you switch over to um, cycling? Uh, my knees. <laughs> oh, then hiking is hurting too much. Is that what you're saying? It's, it's so much harder on my oh, knees. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm helping my cousin complete her list of the 48. Yeah. But it's it's amazing how how much harder it is on my knees now than it, when I did it uh, a few years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So cycling, think cycling, I'm thinking of taking up uh, ice skating, maybe taking some ice skating lessons, things oh, like that. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, you know, what do you feel like with, maybe you won't be hiking so much, maybe you kind of stick more to flatter like terrain, but, um, like, what do you feel like, do you feel like that kind of healed you kind of being out in nature and stuff like that during this hard part of your life? Absolutely. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I think you you don't have to scale some white mountain peak sure. just to feel better, right? Yeah. Just, you just go out and like I yeah, said, nature. just, just walk around the block a few times and you mm-hmm. get that same, get that same feeling. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, when you're hiking 10, 12, 13 miles, mm-hmm. that incessant monkey chatter that's in your head mm. goes away at oh. some point. And all oh. you're thinking about is the mountain and, sure. and, yeah. and surviving, and getting, getting up and getting down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Surviving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. I, I think that's so great. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind. Or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about 
going to a party or going on vacation or staying in other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at Living. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Um, you know, now that you kind of are, um, seven years out of your divorce, you know, do you, um, have any thoughts, you know, now that you kind of have been removed from that, you know, you know, environment and just looking back, like, do you have anything that you kind of have realized or, you know, or how you've changed over this time since then? Right. So I think, you know, I'd like to think that I'm more communicative and, and able to talk to people if I'm struggling or if I talk to people, if I'm, if I need help mm. you know, with something, um, I'm, I've never been happier. You know, mm. I, I, I wake up and I just want to hit the ground running and, mm. and, you know, get my day started. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm, even though it's been seven years, I, a part of me feels like I'm still making up for lost time. Mm. Yeah. If I can that understand sense. that. Yeah. 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 Do you, uh, you know, I think a lot of people might feel like, you know, it's kind of like when people say it's better to, to know, what is it? It's like the devil that you know, than the devil you don't know. Right, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so I think sometimes people are like, okay, well, it's not great or whatever, but you know, I don't want to be lonely or, or we go back to like people feeling like they're old, even if they're not 50 something, maybe they're 30 something, maybe they're 40 something, whatever. Right. People just think they're old wh- wherever they are. Okay. So, um, how has that been for you? Like if somebody was listening and they're just like, I'm just afraid I'm going to be lonely for the rest of my life. And they're thinking this, and maybe it's not as bad as what your situation is, but maybe it's not great. And and they're just kind of like, Oh, is this better to stay in this to then be lonely? I would love to hear what your thoughts are, especially because you're ahead of us, you know, that most of my listeners. And if you have any wisdom on that. Sure. Yeah. There's every, is there's risk in every decision, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And I would challenge your listeners mm-hmm. to say, well, what if it's better? Mm-hmm. What if, what if I'm happier? Yeah. And is this, and yes, you know, mom and dad are going to live apart, mm-hmm. but mom and dad may be happier apart. Sure. Yeah. And again, is this the relationship I would want for my child that yeah. that's the litmus test yeah. that I, I would challenge your mm-hmm. listeners is that's a good point. It's the relationship I have now, what I would want for my child. Mm-hmm. And there's your answer. That's, that's what my therapist asked yeah, me. I think that's and good. Was, 
because I was trying to, you know, the first or second visit with her, I was like, I don't know if I'm a, if I'm being abused or not, because he's not hitting me. Yeah, he's not I calling me names. He's not sure. putting me down. It's not physical. Yeah. I just want to know if I was abused. Sure. And her response was, what difference does it make? <laughs> we can explore that. Yeah. But would you want the same relationship you have now mm. for your child? Mm. And I was Ugh. Yeah, that like really <laughs> so opened that's your eyes. The question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's the question. That's the question right there. That is, if, yeah, that's you know, good. If, yeah, yeah. And and you know, so I think about um, I I think that that is good because I think people worry about being lonely, but I think sometimes even if you're lonely, you might be happier. It's like I think people sometimes always just connect that being with somebody is going to make you happier when that's not necessarily true, you know? Right. Right. I, I think, yeah, I think, I think happiness is, is from within. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't count on somebody making me happy. Sure. That's a huge, that's a huge burden on the other person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. I, I think if, 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 if you're, if, if you're happy, mm-hmm. you're going to attract people to you that Mm -hmm. are like you, right? Yeah. Your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're outgoing and friendly and positive, those are the people Mm. that you're going to hang out with. Yeah. Is there any, um, as, as we get close to ending, is there any place that you would love to go to, to either do a fun adventure or explore, um, that kind of is on your bucket list? Oh, yes. I would like to go to Alaska and I would like to oh, go next summer. Yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. I could see that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So Linda, we're, we're at the end of the show. Is there anything else that you would like to add that maybe we I didn't think, touch on? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've covered it, but if I was to leave with a couple of bullet points, sure, I would leave with, you know, action is rewarded. Take, take one small step mm-hmm. and, you know, if, if you're in your 40s and you think it's, quote, unquote, too late, well, it's going to be really late if you're in your 50s, right? <laughs> yeah. Or even yeah. in, you know what I'm saying? Sure, it's, 60s it's or whatever, yeah. Late, yep. Never too late to start over. Uh, and to just take that first small step. Yeah, I love that. Okay, Linda, so you have a book and you're explaining, you know, are you explaining your journey on this this whole journey with, um, your? Is, are you talking about your relationship or is it more about, um, hiking and all that stuff. How about you explain that? And then and we'll share with everyone where they can find that book. Sure. So my vision was to hike all 48 summits and, and write a book about it. And that's exactly what I did. It's, mm. it's called live free and hike finding grace on 48 summits. And it's a little uh, nod to our state motto, which is live free and die, oh. uh, live free or die or something like that. Yeah, so I it's, know it's, that. Li- okay. yeah. <laughs> it's, on, it's on every license plate. When you oh, come up to New Hampshire, you can, you can see it everywhere. Okay. okay. So it's got live free and hike finding grace on 48 summits. Uh, you can find it on my website at Linda Magoon, M A G O O N.com or or on Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble. And it's about, it's about hiking. Sure. But it's also about the journey I took, mm-hmm. uh, leaving my, uh, husband mm-hmm. and this journey of self-discovery and some pretty, uh, pretty, pretty awful news that I received about him. Oh, about a third of the way of the book that really changed the course of the book and it changed oh. the course of my life. Wow. Mm. Okay. 
Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I'll put that in the show notes so people can find it. But Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so great talking to you. Well, thank you for having me, Amber. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there. 